Uh, thank you so much. That was so well done. God bless you for that. With your Bible open at Proverbs chapter 4, and uh, we're going to be uh, uh, looking at this subject of another birthday. Mm. Another birthday. Well, well. Let's begin with prayer. Let's bow our heads and pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for 19 wonderful years of your faithfulness. Lord, we have you to thank for every good gift and every perfect gift. Our Father, we pray that you'd help us now to learn something from the Scripture that every one of us can take home with us. Lord, please open the eyes of our understanding that we may behold wondrous things out of this book, the Bible. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, the next thing on the list is to, uh, I guess, have an appearance from Garfield. Is that, is that all set? All right. Garfield wishes uh, us a, uh, a happy birthday. So there you go, the message from uh, Garfield. Has anyone had a birthday this month in October? Raise your hand if you had a birthday this month. Just one, two people, that's it. Three, four, five, six. Oh, a few. Well, you, you join us in uh, the happy celebrations. <clears throat> okay, you can put Garfield back where you found him. Now, uh, I'm about to say something, and what I'm about to say, uh, if you've heard it before, if you've heard this before, please don't say anything. Don't let on. But I have a question for you all. How many birthdays does the average Canadian have in his or her lifetime? The answer is one. You only have one birthday. Everything else is a celebration of that one actual day of birth. So, that, hey, right away we've learned something, haven't we? So you have your birthday, right? Uh, we just had two uh, this past week, two babies born. So that's it for them. They've had their birthday. But what happens after that? What happens after that? We call them birthdays. Now, I've got a little list here I want to share with you, and it's an average only, and there are many exceptions to the list, but I have something for you. On the first birthday, so you've gone around the clock once, and now the, the baby is now one year old. And it's a big day, isn't it, for many families. They celebrate, you know, with all kinds of pomp and circumstance. One year old. But it also means the baby can now walk, which is scary. The baby can get into things, which means mom and dad have to start to baby-proof the home. How many know what I'm talking about? Ah, uh, that's enough hands. That's right. Now, it goes around again. Second birthday means the child is starting to talk, and so as to make him or herself understood. And that's great, but it can also mean that he can now say, No, I won't eat that. I don't want to. He learned how to say that. And so the clock goes around a few more times. The fifth birthday comes, meaning that the child begins going to school. And here he learns some good words from the teacher and some bad words from his fellow students. The clock goes around a few more times, and now the tenth birthday comes. Tenth birthday means that the young person has finally reached double digits. You know what that is? Right, yeah, that's pretty much all of us who are going to live and die in double digits, I suppose. Then the clock goes around a couple of more times, and we have the 13th birthday. That means that the young person has finally become what? Teenager, right, and that's important, I think. Then it goes around a few more times, and now they're 18. The 18th birthday comes, and they have finally become an adult in the eyes of the government. So now they can legally be prosecuted in adult court. Then the clock goes around twice more, and they're now 20. The 20th birthday means that they'll never again be a teenager. 
How many have ever experienced that? <laughs> no, some of you are shy. Some of you still think you're 19. Okay, well, then the 25th birthday comes. Now, the 25th birthday is rather odd. It's unusual because they are now one quarter of a century old. At this point, perhaps they've even gotten married. Clock goes around a few more times. They've had their 30th birthday. Now, that means that they're looked upon as mature and stable. Stress increases, doesn't it? Perhaps they have children by now, and they really know the meaning of stress. Perhaps they find a few of their clothes are beginning to feel a little bit tight to wear. Funny how that happens, how clothes shrink over the years. Clock goes around a few more times, and then they have their 40th birthday, and the card says, 40 and sporty. And uh, the 40th birthday often comes with a heavy thud, knowing that they're now a middle-aged person. More stress, gray hairs, a few wrinkles. Now more attention to looking and feeling younger. The 50th birthday finally comes, and it usually brings about a lot of thinking and reviewing uh, of the victories and the defeats in life. We start giving up on the battle to hide the wrinkles and hide the gray hair. Um, along with a few new aches and pains, we may start taking some medications and uh, we actually may start attending a few funerals at this point. The 55th birthday rolls around and that means you can now get seniors discount in some restaurants. Wow, life is good. Then the 60th birthday comes around and that means we only have five more birthdays before retirement, more medications, more funerals, the 65th birthday finally comes around, and it's a time of mixed thoughts and feelings, of joys and regrets, and desires maybe to help the younger generation to avoid some of the mistakes we've made. Anyhow, as far as birthday goes, after that, from then on in, no one can tell how old you are. You're safe, because there are so many candles on your cake that the heat from all of those candles drives people back far enough they can never count the candles and tell how old you are. Someone once said that you get the more you need to keep a fire extinguisher close to the cake. <laughs> but there's something else, something good that comes with birthdays as we shall soon see. Now several medical studies have shown us that the human body, now this is on average, okay? The human body on average peaks at a maximum health and strength by age, what do you think? Any guesses? Would you believe 25 to 30? And again, it's all just an average. After 25 to 30 years of age, as far as your peak maximum health and strength, after this, you plateau for a few years, and then you begin this gentle, steady decline. That's what happens. How many know something about that? Raise your hand. Comfort me here. How many know? All right, yeah. I'm in good company. But you know something? It's God's design. That's how God designed the human body. He didn't design it to last forever. He designed it so that it follows this basic pa pattern. Our bodies slow down with time and begin to fail us. Now recently, one of the men of our church told me about going to his doctor about some new ache and pain that he was experiencing. Turned out to be arthritis. And his doctor examined him and told him, listen to this, that his problem was too many birthdays. And you know, his doctor is right. Too many birthdays is the leading cause as to why we slow down in life. 
Now, for example, if you know anything about world-class table tennis, now, for the uneducated, it's called ping pong, but for those who know something about the manly sport, uh, it's table tennis. And uh, there's world championships. It re it's a sport that requires peak physical strength and lightning fast reflexes. The most common age of the world's best table tennis are between 21 to 25 years of age. That's it. Every birthday after that makes them weaker and slower, and then a 19-year-old comes along and beats the 26-year-old champion. That's how it happens. All this means that having birthdays can either take you closer to physical perfection, or it can take you further away from it. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Just add another birthday and see what happens. We're talking today about another birthday, in fact. Now, on the other hand, the good news is that if you do it right, each new birthday can make you better and better at some very important life skills. For example, becoming an expert in a job or a career. It takes several years to really get good. Uh, becoming financially stable. Each additional birthday, if you do it right, can make you financially stable. Becoming healthy and staying in shape is also something. I know it's a bit of a losing battle, but again, as the years go on, if you do it right, you can stay in shape. How about this? Getting your life back together, back to normal, after you've been devastated by something. Each new birthday, if you do it right, can get your life back together. Even as a church, Grace Baptist Church, we've become stronger, we've become wiser, we've become more able to effectively minister to people and families, all because of each new birthday. Isn't that something? So if you do it right, how's the baby doing anyhow? We're so happy the baby's with us. But if you need to take the baby out, we've got some facilities out there. Um... We're talking about uh, getting better at things as you add birthdays. And how is this possible? And I think the key, listen to this, is knowing how to properly apply yourself and to do what it takes. I hasten to say that although these things that I've just mentioned, although these things are all fine and good, there's still something else that tops them all. I'm happy to say there's something else that if you do it right, it'll bring you greater satisfaction and rewards than anything you've ever done in life. I'm happy to say that I'm talking about the ability to gain more and more incredible wisdom that we just read about and to draw closer and closer in a relationship with God the Creator Himself. Now the key is if you do it right. That's always the key, if you do it right. So what's the right way? Simply, it's the way that takes you closer to God. Now you have your Bible open at Proverbs chapter 4. Look please again at verse 10. Uh, verse 18, I'm sorry, verse 18, and I'd like you to read that verse out loud with me. <clears throat> Proverbs 10 and verse number 18, would you read that out loud? But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. And you'll notice here that we've got a pathway to follow. And it's called the path of the just. And it's likened unto uh, a shining light that shines more and more, uh, brighter and brighter, until we get to what's called the perfect day. Now, um, there really is a way that'll take you closer to God. There really honestly is a way to do it. Now, I give you an example here. Supposing you wanted to go to the moon. 
If you wanted to go to the moon, I don't know why you'd want to go there, but if you wanted to go to the moon, you're going to need two basic things. There's a few other little details, but basically there are two things you need. Number one is you need a vehicle that, that's capable of getting you there because you can't get there on your own. You need a vehicle, so some kind of spaceship or something. And number two, you need some kind of map in order to get there, to point you in the right direction. So essentially those two basic things, okay? You say, well, I, there's the moon, I can see it. Yeah, maybe it's a cloudy day when you take off. You're gonna need a map, all right? If you wanna get closer to God, your creator, you're gonna need two basic things. Number one is you're gonna need a vehicle to get you to God, and you've already got it. It's your heart and mind and soul. So you've already got the vehicle. But number two, you're gonna need a map to point you in the right direction. And maybe you might already have the map. It's called the Bible. The Bible is a map on how to direct your vehicle toward God. The path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto that perfect day. There's your pathway right there. Now, uh, talking about birthdays, and as you add each additional birthday, isn't it true, isn't it sort of proverbially true that the older we get, the wiser we get? Have you ever heard that? Yes? Some of us are still waiting for that to happen, I know. But in general, the older we get, the more birthdays we add on, the wiser we're supposed to get. Now, one thing about wisdom, and maybe you've found this, is wisdom often speaks to us in two voices. Two voices. A before voice and an after voice. First, the first voice is when it whispers to us what we should do before something happens. Something's about to happen, and there's this little whispery voice. And if you listen, you can hear it. And it tells you what you ought to do. The second voice of wisdom comes after the thing has happened, and it's not a whisper anymore. Now it's a shout as to what we should have done. Does that make sense? Before it happens, we get this little small voice, what we should say, what we should do, what we should not do. Anyhow, we go through this event, we blow it like we often do, and so afterwards, this big strong voice seems to shout at us what we ought to have done, what we should have done, but we didn't do. Sometimes that happens in conversation. You're talking to someone and they say something and then you, you don't know what to say. And maybe five minutes later, ten minutes later, or the next day, I know what I should have said to that person. That's an example of it. But wisdom seems to have two voices. And I th anyhow, I think this is why so many people regret their mistakes and wish they could go back and relive life over again. And if I were to ask you, if you had the opportunity, most of you would say, yeah, I think I might like to do that, relive a little bit of my life and not make some of those mistakes I made. Boy, oh boy. Some people say, if I could only go back and relive with what I know now, whew. But let me tell you something amazing, something absolutely amazing. When we start going on this right pathway, that's right here in front of us, Proverbs 4 and 18, the path of the just, as you and I start walking this pathway day by day and week by week, we get closer to God and we will find something amazing. Those two voices of wisdom, the first voice, which is a whisper, starts getting louder and louder and louder so that we can really hear it. We know what we should do. We know what we should not do. We know what we should say. It gets louder and louder so that we don't even need a second voice. Isn't that something? You don't even need the second voice because the first voice is so loud, it's unmistakable. 
That's what happens, I think, as we follow down the pathway of the just. You know, blessed is the man or woman who learns to walk with God. Now, someone at this point might say, Pastor, I was taught that there are many pathways in life and they all lead to God. Isn't that right? Well, we could answer that perhaps by asking a question. Can a pathway lead you to a destination if it's taking you away from the destination? Can that pathway really lead you to the destination? 2,000 years ago, God, having full understanding of our problem on earth, God came to earth and took upon him the form of a man. Now that means he had a birthday. We're talking birthdays today. God came to earth and he was born and took upon him the form of a man and he had a birthday. His name is Jesus. And let me tell you something about Jesus' birthday. Jesus' birthday is so important that the entire world dates itself according to his birthday. Now that's quite a birthday. You say, what do you mean by that? I mean this, today's date, forget about the month and the day, the year is 2018, and then you see these two letters, A-D. How many have seen that? Raise your hand if you've seen that. Yeah, what do those two letters stand for? It's Latin, it stands for two Latin words, Anno Domini. 2018 A.D. 2018 Anno Domini. It means, it's Latin, it means in the year of our Lord. That's what it means. So a couple thousand years ago, give or take, they kind of figured out what year that Jesus was born and they started dating the calendars. No matter where you go in the world today, it's still 2018, isn't it? Now there's places you can go where it's already tomorrow, I understand that, time travel around the world and back and so on, it still confuses me. But it's still 2018. 2018 according to what? 2018 according to Jesus' birth 2,000 years ago. Isn't that interesting? 2018, 2,018 years since what? Since when? Since Jesus was born. And if you have a birthday, if you're here today and you have a date on which you were born, it also was dated from the day Jesus was born. Isn't that interesting? Now there's a birthday. Isn't it interesting why the whole world is dated from when Jesus was born? Why is that? It's because Jesus is God. And when he came into the world, he made sure the world knows about it. Isn't that something? Oh boy, I'm... I'm I'm looking forward to the day when I'll be able to stand before God in heaven. Now, anyhow, Jesus came to earth and he talked about the pathway to God because people are confused. Say, how do I get to God? How can I know God? In Matthew chapter 7 in the Bible, you needn't turn there. I'll read you Jesus' words. Jesus said, enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. What does that mean? It means that the pathway to eternal life is narrow. And the pathway to eternal destruction is wide. And most people seem to be taking the wide pathway. And there are relatively, comparatively few that are taking the narrow path.
pathway. Now those are the words of Jesus himself. But what he said here is that there's only one pathway that leads to God and eternal life. There are not several pathways. So a man, a woman might say, I was raised, I was taught, I was told, I read in a book, I heard it said that there are many pathways that lead to God. Uh, in English, we like to say, all roads lead to Rome. I don't know who said that. I should watch more TV or something, but I've heard that said. Maybe you've heard it too. All roads lead to Rome. Well, I tell you, King George doesn't lead to Rome. Right? I know that much. Now, that kind of as a figure of speech applied to religion, all religions lead to God, is false statement. It's a false statement. How can a pathway lead you to a destination when it's not even taking you in that direction? When it's taking you in an opposite sometimes direction? Who can be right? The God worshipers or the Satan worshipers? Which one is right? Well, we have to kind of look at a few things. One of them is the pathway, the, the direction in which their feet is pointed. And so according to Jesus, God in the flesh, he came and answered it for us. And he said, there's one true pathway. He also said at the end of every other pathway, at the end of every other pathway, there lies destruction and not eternal life. Destruction compared to eternal life. Now, this isn't a very pleasant thing to talk about. I know that, and it's supposed to be a happy birthday for us. But listen, folks, it's very important that we know this. It's very important that we know truth from error. Now, remember, I mentioned that there were two voices of wisdom. It whispers what we are to do before it happens. A uh, 26-year-old man named Arthur Mediki uh, loved to surf in the waters off, off California. Uh, this past September, last month, Arthur's aunt warned Arthur about there being sharks in the waters where they were living off the California coast. And Arthur replied to his aunt, sharks don't bite me, I'm Superman. That's how he answered his aunt. On September 15th, Arthur was surfing when he was attacked by a shark and Arthur died. Now let me ask you, if Arthur could do his time over, if Arthur could come back and kind of pick up, you know, in front of his aunt in that conversation, do you think this time he would have listened to the whispering voice of wisdom? What do you think? Because wisdom often whispers what you ought to do and then shouts what you should have done. The phrase, tale of the dragon, may sound like a Chinese movie to, to you, but it's actually a very treacherous 11-mile stretch of highway tucked below the Smoky Mountains on the Tennessee border down in the States. This little stretch of road contains 318 curves, many of them S-curves, and many of them hairpin turns. In the last 20 years, in the last 20 years, 43 people have lost their lives while driving on that dangerous stretch of highway road. 43 deaths. Now, if the whispering voice of wisdom had told any one of those 43 drivers that they were going to die if they drove the tail of the dragon, do you think they would have gone ahead and driven it anyhow? Maybe some would have. Maybe some would have said, I'll take my chances. They died. Why is it that so many people don't listen to the whispering voice of wisdom? Why is it that there are so many Arthur Medikis that don't listen to their aunt? 
Why is that? When it comes to the right path in life, we can't help but wonder how many people have died in destruction by following the pathways of greed and lust and worldly pleasures. And even as we speak, these people are still out there in a place that Jesus called destruction. I wonder how many of those people that have left this earth and they've fallen into destruction, I wonder how many of those people are wishing they could come back to life and get on a different path. Now, we're talking about birthdays today. We're talking about another birthday. And if I were to ask you, how many more birthdays are you going to have before you leave earth? I'm not asking you how many would you like to have. I'm asking you, how many? Give me an exact number, how many birthdays you are going to have before you leave planet Earth. <laughs> the whispering voice of wisdom is telling you right now, we don't know. Isn't that right? Maybe there's some young people here and they're thinking, well, I'd like to have about 50, 60 more, thanks. Maybe there's someone here who says, well, I don't know, I've had 50 or my 50 or 60, I'd just like to have a few more. But the truth is, we don't know. One of our missionaries, Pastor Justin Walmsley, he's also my son-in-law, he's in Chilliwack at Faith Baptist Church. This morning, he was in the van, and as he backed out of his driveway, I tell you, life changes in a nanosecond. He ended up in the hospital. He was backing his van out of the driveway onto the street. It's a quiet street in Chilliwack. And this car came way over the speed limit and just T-boned right into him. The airbags went off. The whole van is written off. He's in the hospital being checked. Now, praise the Lord. It's not like he's got a broken back or anything like that. But they're checking him out. They may have released him by now. But look what can happen. Isn't it true? Life can ch just change just like that, right? How many of us have a guarantee that we're going to be here next week? We don't. The whispering voice of wisdom says, no, you don't have any guarantee. You have some desires. You have some goals. You have some plans for the next year, five years, ten years. But you have no guarantee, and neither do I. It doesn't matter if you're on the pathway of the just or if you're on the pathway to destruction. Either pathway, you don't know if you're ever going to have another birthday. It's possible that your last birthday was really your last birthday. That's quite possible, isn't it? So, does God have anything to tell us about this that can help us? And I believe the answer is yes. Where? In the map in the book, in the Bible. It says in Psalm 90, verse 12, listen. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. God, teach me to remember that my whole life is only made up of a number of days. That's all I have. And I've used up a bunch of those days already. Teach me, Lord, that my life is shorter than I think. Teach me, Lord, that I've got no guarantee on tomorrow I may never get a golden retirement. Teach me, Lord, so that I can apply my heart to wisdom. Oh, wisdom, what's that still small voice? Wisdom, what is it that you're telling me? Now, that makes sense, doesn't it? 
Proverbs 4:18. The path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Now there's the pathway I think we want to be on. A pathway that'll take us to the perfect day. What is this perfect day? This perfect day is going to be eternal life, not eternal destruction, eternal life. We're going to cash in when we reach the end of our pathway of the just. There is a golden street. There is eternal life. We will begin to enjoy life, the same quality of life that God enjoys. We will enjoy in a place the Bible calls heaven. Jesus came to earth and told us that there is a wide road that leads to destruction. There is a narrow road that leads to eternal life. And the choice is up to us on what road we will walk. There is coming this special day for all who are walking on the righteous path. It's called heaven. And all that anybody needs, listen to this, all that anybody needs is a Bible to point them there. Now a cult will tell you, oh, you have to belong to our little cult. Because if you don't belong to our group, if you don't belong to our cult, you'll never see eternal life. You'll never have eternal happiness and bliss. That's a cult. All that anybody needs is that book right there. And if you will just read that book and say, Lord, teach me. Lord, if you're out there, show me. He's gonna. Because God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God is calling. He's reaching out to us with arms outstretched. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. That's his invitation. Oh, happy day. Man, I want to walk that pathway. That's what I want. Oh, but isn't it narrow? Isn't it difficult to walk sometimes? Yeah, but listen, it's only for a few days, and then we come to the end of our pathway. I'd far rather have that than some kind of big, wide, smooth highway that all of a sudden ends in destruction. I'd far rather have this, this simple pathway. What happens when you read the Bible? When you read the Bible, you will begin to feel the presence of the one who wrote the Bible. That's God. You will not feel that with any other religious book anywhere in the world. Only with the Bible will you feel that. You will read in the Bible that Jesus came to earth to pay for everyone's sin problem. Now, maybe you've never pulled the trigger or plunged in the knife, but sin is far more than murder. Sin is bad thoughts, bad words. Sin is disobedience. Oh, sin, sin is like an octopus with all its tentacles. You will read in the Bible that Jesus died for you on the cross. There he suffered for what you and I owe in destruction. By the way, another name for destruction is hell. That's another name for it. What else? You will read that Jesus died and rose again on the third day, proving that he was God because only God can break through the bars of death. Every other world religion founder is still dead in the grave. Jesus has an empty tomb. He's not in the grave. Now, in case you're thinking, well, all they did, the disciples came and stole his body. Oh, listen, they were smart back then. They could have found the body. All they had to do was produce the corpus delecti. All they had to do was drag in the beaten, bloodied, bruised body of Jesus and throw it in the town square and say, there's your Jesus. And that would have been the end of it. But they tried and tried in vain. They could not produce the body. Why? 
because he's alive. He's not in the grave. He's God. And God will not be held and bound by death. He died as a, in our place for our penalty, but then he rose again the third day. Oh, hallelujah. You'll read the Bible. You'll learn that every one of us has this life only to get right with God. There is no reincarnation. There is no dying and coming back multiple times, multiple times until you finally get it right. That is not the truth. That is a pathway leading you away from eternal life. You and I, we have this life only. We have this life only to get right with God. And to get right with God, you know what you need? You need another birthday. You know what we're talking about today? Another birthday. To get right with God, you need to have another birthday. Say, what does that mean? Do I need to wait and turn another year older? No, you need a different kind of birthday. When you had a physical birthday, you were born into this world on such and such a day of such and such a month, such and such a year, by the way, in the year of our Lord, I might remind you, in such and such a hospital or home or place, wherever you were born, that was your physical birth. You know what you need? You need another birthday. You need what's called a spiritual birth. There's a physical and a spiritual dimension. I think we have to understand that, don't we? In some uh, great highfalutin university, a college professor stood up, I believe it was in an anatomy class, and said to his students, uh, young men, young ladies, he said, I've been in anatomy uh, for many, many years, for over 30 years, and I've dissected the human body, dead cadavers, mind you, I've dissected hundreds of them, hundreds of them, I've dissected the brains, and I have never, ever found a human soul. Therefore, I conclude, there is no such thing as the human soul. The classroom was quiet. One of the students, I believe a freshman, stood to his feet and said, Sir, may I ask a question? The professor said, Yes, young man. The, the student who was a Christian asked the professor, Professor, if I were to dissect your brain, would I find an idea? Good question. There are things in life that are invisible, you know. We have a physical world. We've got a spiritual, invisible world. Jesus came and talked about this. Jesus said these words in the Bible. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. We're talking today about another birthday. Every one of us here has had a physical birthday. You're here, aren't you? That's your physical. But have you had a spiritual birthday? Have you been born again? Jesus, God in the flesh, came and said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It means another birthday. It means a spiritual birthday. It means we must be spiritually born again. Say, why? Pastor, why do we need to, another birthday? Why do we need to be born again? The answer is simple. It's because of the coming destruction that's waiting at the end of life. That's why. And Jesus said, broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. Now Jesus, after he said, you must be born again, went on to say the most famous words in the whole Bible. Say them with me if you know them. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There's the perish, there's the life. There's the destruction, there's the eternal life with God. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave of himself. He came and died on the cross for you and for me because he loved us so much. God is not some impartial creator. He's very actively involved. He knows everything there is to know about every one of us here. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows the color of your eyes. He knows all what you've been through this past week, this past year. He knows it all and he loves you so dearly. And his arms are outstretched. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him. Now that is more than just a, a mental. That's an emotional. That's a heart. That's everything. Believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Isn't that something? If you're here today and you have experienced the second birth, if you've been born again and you know it, if you've experienced the second birth that Jesus talked about, would you raise your hand just now so that I might see? Look at the hands. Look all around at the hands. Raise your hand if you know for sure you've experienced the second birth. That's a lot of testimony right there. Every one of you who've raised their hand could probably come and stand here and give us some kind of indication as to when that happened in your life. It didn't happen when you were born, when some priest put a drop of water on your head. It happened when? When you came to Jesus and you gave him your heart. Let's bow our heads for prayer.